0: Welcome to Unabashed You, conversations to become who you already are. The focus at UI is to be who you are without apology, for you are one of a kind, without equal. Be encouraged as these conversations will help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Today's guest is Toni. That's T-O-N-I, as in a woman. Carla Biesinger, the Instagram coach, recommended she come on the show, and of course, I was game. So here's what I know so far. She recently launched a book. She's a registered dietitian and coach. In her picture, she looks joyous with a radiant smile. I'm looking forward to seeing where our conversation takes us. Welcome to the show, Tony. Ah, oh, Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. and Look at you just, you're glowing, you're effervescent. I You're so sweet. Well, you, you were such a kind, such a kind introduction.
1: I i had no choice but to smile.
0: Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. Is there anything you want the listeners to know about you as we get started here? I think I, the
1: thing I always like to share with people is we all started as a beginner. So as I share my story and talk about some tips and tricks for you to heal your relationship with food and your body, I want you to know that I came, it took me really, a really long time to get here. And growing up, I was overweight and insecure. And I really didn't think that ever accepting and appreciating your body was a thing. I just like thought hating it was normal. So I just want people to understand that, like that it's a journey. And I've been, if you're resonating at all with this, I've been where you've been and I'm here to support you and guide you to let you know that you're not alone, um, but ultimately help you heal. So you can just live your life and not be stressed and worried about what to eat and what to wear and, having your body occupy so much of your time and energy, right? Right.
0: Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear more about that. All right. What three words would you use to describe yourself?
1: The first one would be passionate. I definitely <laughs> <laughs> didn't get to where I'm at without like caring at all. Like I'm very passionate about what I do and, and helping women. The other would be, um, relentless. Um, and probably, my, my passion probably fuels that.
0: Right.
1: Um, but I just, I really believe that we are here to make a mark and I'm going to do everything that I can to make that mark. Oh. So I'm relentless in the pursuit of that. And then the last one would definitely be bubbly.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I just, I'm i I'm a big giggler.
0: <laughs> that is so wonderful. Okay. So passionate, relentless and bubbly. Those are, those are really fun words to like, not pairing them together, but putting them together, the three of those together. And isn't it an interesting exercise to kind of like try to, you know, say who you are or the beginning of who you are in three words.
1: Yeah, obviously there's also other parts to me as well, but yeah, those were the first things that came to mind. Wonderful. Wonderful.
0: All right. Two truths and a lie. Do you know how this works?
1: Yes. So, okay. okay. All right. So I'm going to tell you three things. I'm not going to tell you what's what. No, I yeah, don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Number one, um, I have been to Italy and Greece. Okay. Number two, I was on the Dr. Oz show. Okay. Number three, I have my own podcast.
0: Okay. Italy and Greece, Dr. Oz and your own podcast. Yes. <clears throat> okay, well <clears throat> This is very tricky. I have to say, you you did a very good job because oh, wait, just... I
1: screwed up. <laughs> oh
0: no. <laughs> They're all true. They're all true. <laughs> I'm so fixated on I hate lying. Wait. <laughs> oh no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. So that's that's okay. Let's just yeah, talk about the each one of them. I don't have my own podcast. I should have said that. Okay. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. I actually love that that ha- that's just so authentic and perfect. Okay, so you've been to Italy? And Greece. I know how to I'm like, I know how to play. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay, so you have been to Italy and Greece and yes. and um how how i mean they're, they're they're beautiful and wonderful and you enjoyed it thoroughly obviously yeah
1: i'm actually m greek and italian so oh um, my gosh yeah.
0: that's so perfect yeah. well i figured it, i figured italian with your last name
1: yeah, most people guess Italian, but, th- and then because my complexion is very pale and I have freckles, which you can't tell, I put a little makeup on, but normally yeah. the freckles shine, <laughs> especially in the summer. Um, so people think I'm Irish, but no one ever guesses Greek, but um, I'm, my mom was 50, 50 Italian and Greek. And my dad's actually a hundred percent Italian, but I wow. grew up Greek, Greek Orthodox. Okay. So I relate a lot to the Greek culture. Cause that's like where I went to Sunday school. Like the time I went to Greece was with my friends from Sunday school when I was oh. when I was 18 and you know, they're their family like lives in Greece part-time. So like, they're like really Greek. I'm like the Greek American.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that's, but that's wonderful. What, what a great experience that you had for somebody of your age who grew up in America. You know, the culture sometimes really gets lost, Mm -hmm. but I'm so Mm -hmm. glad for you that it did not. Okay. And you. Now, I, I was glancing at your feed and it doesn't say anything about having been lead that, that I noticed being on the Dr. Oz show. How was that? Yeah, that was actually I had such a great experience, but it, it was like four. I was at this
1: point, it was like four or five years ago. It was fun. I got to um, compete about like who can make the better butter. And I made like an avocado butter. So I put my spin on like a more nutritious butter. And then I got to talk about the heart healthy benefits of avocados and how butter is fine. But like when you swap out some of your fats, it's going to benefit your heart health. And I like won the contest. Um, Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, And that experience, honestly, for me, really just reminded me of why I do what I do. I've always wanted my own talk show and actually Tips with Tony started my business is called tips with Tony, but before it was a business, it was a blog that I started back in college with wow. just this passion to just give reliable nutrition information to people. And then as I started, like I was on, I started my own YouTube channel, which I definitely don't attend to now as much as I should, or I did. Um, I started actually there now I don't use it anymore, but um the whole idea was like, one day I want to have a talk show. And then when I went on the Dr. Oz show and I saw the behind the scenes and how everything works, it just only affirmed, like, I just got to keep hustling. I got to put that relentless <laughs> energy in, uh, cause I am passionate about this and I want to show.
0: <laughs> well, you would be so good at it. You would be so good. I can tell, I can tell Thank you already. Okay. So that took us to Dr. Oz. And then our last one was you have a podcast. And I mis- yes. I'm I can only assume it's called Tips for Tony. Yes. <laughs> okay. That, that, that makes sense. That yes. makes sense. Okay, yes. wonderful. Now I wanted to ask you one more thing before we go to the next um question or whatever. Um, is it says that you did you had a TED talk? You did a TED yes. talk? Wow.
1: Yes, I did a TED talk uh February 2020. And prior to the talk, I was just applying and I like, you know, I was getting lots of no's and lots of no's and lots of no's. And I was like, all right, well, I have this idea of what the talk will be about. Hopefully someone will one day accept me (laughs) It was about the parallels between dieting, dating and romantic relationships. And I can explain a little bit more about like that concept. But anyways, yeah. So I ended up getting the deal for the, um, doing the TED talk. And then when I found out that the talk, I only had eight minutes to be on stage. That's actually where the birth of the book happened because I realized that eight minutes was like not enough time for me to talk about all that I wanted to talk about. And that's what inspired me to write my book once upon a diet. Wow. We're
0: going to circle back to that in just a minute. Are are you binging anything right now Uh, in your free time when you're clearly very busy Or, or, (laughs) or your favorite movie or both up to you?
1: Oh no, I watch all the Chicago so I don't know if this is gonna make anybody upset. I watch all the Chicagos <laughs> except for Chicago Fire, which is weird because I am obsessed with firemen like but uh, for whatever reason, I don't watch Chicago Fire. I watch like Station Nineteen and I watch. Nine one one, which they have like fire esque components, but I watch Chicago PD and Chicago Med, like and Law and Order SVU. Like I binge on like all of those. Okay, <laughs> I love them. So yeah, I'm, like I won't. I'll maybe watch like an episode at the end of the night, or I'll catch up on the weekends.
0: Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So why not Chicago Fire? You know, is, what there, is there a thing like I? I will do any of them, but not that one. So for whatever reason, I just never got into it.
1: I don't know why. And then the one time I was like, you know, I'm obsessed with all the other ones. I should probably give this a try. (laughs) The very first episode actually the whole conversation was about how the fire, one of the fire people, fire people, like um, firemen were like doing keto. And I'm just so against like fad diets. And my whole entire, what I do was like to help people break up with them. And I was like, instantly turned off. I'm like, oh, I just got can't it. escape it. <laughs> so I was like, now nah, I was like, nah, I knew it in my heart. Something was telling me you're just not you
0: and Chicago fire. Just like, don't add up. Okay. Got <laughs> it. Got it. Okay. Gosh, I can't wait to hear more about uh, your, your philosophy and where you're coming from. All right. A nugget of wisdom you keep handy. Um, so this is literally, I don't always keep it, I keep
1: a lot of things like come to me. More recently, this I don't phrase keeps coming to me and yeah, it's, love it. It's um head down, heart open. Oh. I don't know why it just keeps coming to me because I think, you know, in definitely in periods, like I'm in a transitional phase right now, there's lots of changes happening. And that always creates doubt because I'm also stretching myself in new ways. And so I can get caught up in that. And I just really to really heal from that and to beat that is put your head down get to work, but leave your heart open to opportunities. Like God is going or whoever you believe in, like right. is going to something's going to happen. It might not be in the way that you picture it to be or right. want it to be or trying to force it to be, but just put your head down keep your heart open and everything's going to be right.
0: <laughs> it's almost like the Friday night lights, clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Did you ever watch that show?
1: Uh, and you know, I didn't. And that seems like that's probably a show I would love.
0: Oh, that's probably it's one weird. of my top shows of all time.
1: I, that, that I thank you for reminding me that that oh, is my. Shit, it's on my list. I'll put. I'll definitely put that on my list. Well, I remember
0: when I first started watching it. I, I I can't remember why I started watching it, and it was it was past the time that it was on. You know, like at the height of it or whatever. And I just a couple people told me about it, and I thought, okay, I'll check it out. My husband's not big into to TV or movies or anything. I mean, a little bit, but not really. Not like me. And so I was watching it one night. He's like, Oh my gosh, what are you watching? High school football? What's happened to you? I said, I know. I love this show. I just love this show. So, yeah, it's a good, a good, a really, really well done, well done show. So head down, heart open.
1: Yeah, keep head down, heart open.
0: Mm-hmm. Gosh, that is really great. All right. So we've come to the deep dive, which is, what you're about i this i feel really moved by what you've shared so far as in you're not you're not it sounds like it's you're not grabbing on to a fad you're saying no i've walked in these shoes i can speak into this and not only can i speak into this i want to speak into this so other people women in particular we're talking about will not have to have that obsessive, the thought process that we as women can sometimes go through or the cultural uh, expectations that we think are there. And I, I feel like each generation gets it a little bit better. You know, your generation, I think, I think we're, I hope we're turning a corner.
1: We're definitely bringing more awareness to it. And there's definitely are things that definitely are changing, but it's still affecting all of us, especially now with social media media being so prevalent and like that's comparison. True. It's that's like, true. you know, so at the end of the day, it's, it's really hard to escape. But what you can do is just like armor yourself up with just getting really clear on what your wants and needs are and what's important to you. And, you know, hope that that's enough to just like just be like, no, thank you. When offered to do like a cleanse or a detox or um, anything that makes you feel that you need to change your body in order to be loved and accepted. Um, Because that's basically why I wrote the book and my story is that I was told very early on that if I didn't lose the weight, I would never get a boyfriend. and. It was hard to hear and also it like stayed with me well into adulthood, even when I did change my eating habits and did uh you know lose some weight and I was, you know, quote unquote healthier by you know society standards or whatever. Um I still had this thought, like, I'm not good enough. And like, therefore, like when I was in a relationship and I wasn't really happy, I, I really like stayed with that person for way longer because I just almost felt like no one else was going to love me. If you really get to the root and the core of that, especially like in your early twenties, a lot of women feel that way. And whether it's like as obvious as, you know, um, probably for other people on the outside, for me, I had to like realize it after I repeated the pattern a couple of (laughs) times. Um, you know, it's like, it. it's really, it's really, really there. Um, so the purpose of my book is to help people to understand that they can be both healthy and happy, regardless of the number on the scale and regardless of their relationship status.
0: Ooh, and very good.
1: The, yeah. And throughout the book, I just give tips on if you are, try, have, it's okay to have a weight loss goal. Um, it's just making sure that it's coming from what you really want, not what like society is pressuring you to do. Right. Um, and then also too, when it comes to relationships, it's like learning how to have, what does a healthy relationship look like? Just like, what does a healthy relationship with food look like sometimes just being in a relationship or like just, you know, actively taking care of your, what looks like taking care of your health. There could be something underlying that underlying that's like, a little bit like disordered or, or not really well or healthy in the long run.
0: Right. Okay. So you, you had the experience of being overweight yourself and then, so kind of walk us through that transformation. I'm not talking about the weight loss, but I'm talking about getting to the point of being interested in helping other people where, what, I mean, when you turn around and look back, what does that progression look like? Um, I just, so
1: I watch so many people, so many people jump from diet to diet, hoping each one was quote unquote, the one. And I say this in my talk <laughs> and in my book, it's like, they go around like Cinderella's stepsisters trying to jam their feet into something that clearly isn't going to work for them. And that's because there is no one size fits all approach and all the things out there are kind of telling you what to do rather than really teaching you how to do it. Right. And I, had that similar experience with my dating life. Like I dated five versions of the same guy, just with a different name and a different face. So I really was like, I just want people to see their patterns, be aware, and then make choices that they really want, rather than staying stuck in these cycles of like, you know, they do one diet and then they do another diet and they do another diet, or they follow this trend or this fad, and it's just basically the same diet, just in a different book. It's like just you know, they're all relying on restriction. It's all about what you can't have. It's all about the. Extreme dreams. And it really just needs to, we really just need to get to a place as society. I think in general, if you were even looking at the bigger scheme of things is being so, and I love the name of your podcast, like being so authentically you, yes. because ultimately like there's many ways to be healthy. There's many ways that you can have a successful relationship. There's many ways to be um, happy. You know, there's many ways in which you can do that. You need to figure out what your way is. And we can't do that by looking outside ourselves. We really yes. need to come home to to ourselves and slow down and pay attention and assess how food makes us feel and different types of movement and exercise patterns make us feel and relationships and people and all of the things right. um, and ultimately when we do that that's how you can create a plan that's going to work for you in the long run because this is your life it's not it's there's no deadline to you taking care of your health it's right
0: <laughs> Okay. So you had that experience. You had uh, th- these five different relationships that were so, so similar to each other. And that it's yeah. so true that until we know better, we just do the same. Yeah. Thing this hindsight
1: right is twenty twenty,
0: right? Right. Exactly. Okay. So, <laughs> so was it after that relation, those relationships and that these things were paralleling each other? I'm imagining
1: For the most part, they were even like my relationship with food and the relationship with men like it was very they for the premise of the book I made them around the same time exactly just for people to help follow along but it was a little bit more kind of scattered I definitely healed my relationship with food sooner than I did with, when it comes to my heart, because I, got it. I was, a, I've been a registered dietitian now going on, I think in nine years. So um I've had a lot of experience in the field and through learning as teaching others, I was always it, it, teaching other people is like the best way to teach yourself. It's like incredible. <laughs> so, you know, so I started to notice it and pay attention more. So I definitely figured that out a lot sooner. And I'm very transparent in the book. Like this is a, like a healthy habits, nutrition book. I just use the dating parallels, but I am no sense, like a relationship expert. <laughs> like, oh,
0: yeah. I just, I'm
1: like talking about my experience.
0: Absolutely, I,
1: But that's... I am a nutrition expert. Cause that is literally my craft. I've, you know, I've been one for nine years, but I've seen a lot and learned a lot. And um, but yeah, there's a lot of parallels, but to even, and if it wasn't with me, I saw it in clients. Um, and we tend to treat a lot of dieting and dating the same.
0: <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. I have never thought about the parallels there.
1: Yeah. We care a lot what other people think, you know, and, um, it's like their friends doing this. Oh, I should do that. Or like, it, you know, it's important to, you know, just like your, the food needs to agree with your biology. Like your partner needs to like get along with your family. Like there's things that like, you know, oh. there's things that matter, but there's also like, how much weight are you putting to, you know, what actually matters you know, is it the number on the scale that matters or is it like how you feel in your clothes and like your skin and your bowel movements and your, you yeah. know, your hair, skin and nails, like those are the things that really matter. So, you know, is it the fact that you're in a relationship or not, or like, does what actually matter mean that you're like happy and that you share the same values and you have trust and communication and, you know, you're happy and you actually like the person that you're with. Cause I know a lot of people that are in relationships that don't like the person.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's <laughs> not good. So you went to college by the time you went to college, you, you thought this, this is my area of interest. This is what I want to study.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I already knew, I knew I wanted to be a dietitian um, from like junior year of high school. Wow. Um, Yeah. So it's always been a a passion of mine. I mean, I talk about it in the book. Like my idea was to go to learn how to lose weight and find a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I did. And then I was like, oh, and then I, the first diet I tried, and this is where it really comes down to individualized care. I don't downplay or or upsell any eating style or or plan, just paying attention to my body's needs. It's like the first thing I tried when I went to college, because I was learning about it in school was vegetarianism. And that same week I also found the guy who ended up being my boyfriend. So in my mind, like being a vegetarian, was freaking awesome because (laughs) like, I, I literally am like, I'm feeling good. I'm losing weight and I got a boyfriend. Like college is great. Like this is it. And so that, but then when vegetarianism actually wasn't working for me anymore, rather than stop doing it and like just learning how to balance the veggies in rather than only eating vegetables, I like, I went to extremes. I was vegan and then I was gluten-free vegan. And like, I kind of dabbled way too much. And then until finally I was like, okay, this, this can't be it. Like I can make veggies the star of the dish and still be healthy without having that be the, the only thing I eat. And I like had nothing else I could eat. It was, it was impossible to navigate. Um, so that was like the lesson I learned from there. And then that same relationship I was in, like he was a great guy. He just wasn't for me, which is like vegetarianism can be a great plan for some people. It just wasn't for me. Right. And so that was like a similar parallel as well. My first boyfriend was not like a, like a problem boyfriend and right. like it was a great lesson. I learned a lot. I probably stayed with him a little bit longer than I should have in the sense that it would have been great, good, but I didn't want good. I wanted like great. I wanted like some yeah. passion, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, so that was like that. I learned an example there. And then, yeah, all the other ones after that, it was just like, what are you doing? It's kind of like that person that tries Weight Watchers four times and then five times and then six times and then seven times. Three times, It's like, it's enough. It didn't work. It's not going to work. It's not, it's not you. It's, it's that it's not designed for you. That's okay. Oh, so you're
0: talking about, okay. So in that way, you're talking about really matching and individualizing what works for each particular person. There's, Correct. like you said, it's not one size fits all sort of a situation.
1: Correct. Yeah. The once upon a diet method that I created in the book is basically a seven step method for you to build awareness, define what your wants and needs are, um, and create your own individualized plan. That's going to look super unique to you. Like literally it's you creating it. It's a guide to help you to figure out what works best for you. No one else is going to have that same plan because no one else is you.
0: Oh, interesting. So, what kind of parameters do you use um, to help the person gauge? I mean, outside of coaching, because obviously mm-hmm. they're getting one-on-one care there. But sort of what what kind of um, guidelines would one use? I, I like how you said the vegetables should be the star because we've mm-hmm. like completely changed, haven't we? Like yes, the, the plate in half, and half should be the vegetables. Quarter should be the protein, and a quarter the carbohydrate and Sorry. then mm-hmm. the rainbow. Now we're supposed to eat the rainbow, right?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Try throughout the week. So yeah. So throughout the book, I give examples and I kind of summarize towards the end, like these are, you know, so at the end of the day, everything's individualized, right? But there are some foundational things that when we implement, chances are we're going to feel better, right? Hydrating with water probably get less headaches, have more energy, Um, you know, eating lean proteins, you know, keeping protein at each meal, just like you keep, you know, a fruit or vegetable at each meal and a complex carbohydrate. These are things that are high, you know, the protein will keep you full, the fiber will keep you full. Um, you know, certain things are going to help when we consume mostly nutrient dense foods, we're going to feel a lot better. So I kind of give a lot of like basic frame, like some basic things and frameworks to go off of. um, But also letting people know that like, when it comes to defining like what they're like, when it comes to something like moderation, I think where people fall short is they don't define what moderation means to them. So Uh, when it comes to like those things that maybe are less nutrient dense, like that are higher, maybe in sugar or like fried foods or salty foods that, you know, a lot of people, when they go to the extremes, they don't allow for any of that. uh, I teach that it's like, when you want it, pay attention to how you want to feel both now and later and make sure that you're choosing something that, is satisfying to you that you genuinely want. Um, but also know that if you overeat on those foods, you're probably not going to feel very well. Yes. Right. So it's just being <laughs> mindful of that. Um, and then that's how you decide, like for you, that might be, um, you know, what, like once a week. And then for someone, it might be like twice a week and for someone, it might be once a month, depending on, you know, right. X food or, or a beverage or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, so I definitely give guides. The one tip I give, and there's many ways to do this as well, is that I say if there's a saying, if you can track it, you can change it. So when it comes to food, some people love numbers, most people don't, but some people love numbers. (laughs) So, like, there are systems where you can like track everything down to like the calorie, the macronutrients, the micronutrients, all that stuff. But that's obviously more complex. Most of the people that we work with and what I kind of encourage in the book is to just bring awareness in some way. So whether that's like writing down on your note section on your phone or using pen and paper, or even in our program, we have our clients take photos of their food. That just helps you to just bring awareness and like realize like, okay, yes, we talked about, you just described what's called the plate method. Half of your plate is vegetables, a quarter protein, a quarter starch. Now you go and you take a picture and you look down you're like, "Eh, I don't have any color on this plate. I got to go grab some veggies. Let me go to the fridge and throw some salad on here or whatever it is, you know? Um, so that's usually where we start with the awareness and then it's up to the individual to decide how, how far they want to go with it. You know, how they want to take it, you know, what are their goals? Like, are they trying to, um, you know, and this is rare and this is what a lot of people train for, but they're, they're never doing it. Like, are you trying to do a, like a bodybuilding competition right. or a bikini competition? It's like, so they're trying to mimic all these people who are doing those things, but they're just like trying to live their life. So like, right, we're right. not going to that extreme, yeah. You, yeah. Know? you know, You right. so you want to just, um, you know, be mindful and make the changes that align with your lifestyle and your goals.
0: That's excellent. Okay. A couple of follow-up questions that came from that Convers- the what you just said. So we, so the, there's more than Tony on the tips with Tony team. That's a lot yes.
1: that okay. <laughs> So, it just uh, just recently, I would say maybe about six months ago, um, I hired two dietitians. Where I used to be the one who did the majority of the coaching, but now with like my book coming out, and like I said, I'm in a transitional phase where I kind of want to be able to do more public speaking and get on more podcasts and really just educate the masses. Although I, I, but I also believe in individualized care. So I was like, well, I can't do both. It's really hard. I tried it. It's exhausting. <laughs> I like... So um, I decided to take on two diet who now are the ones um, doing the coaching. I oversee everything, right. uh, but they're the ones who are providing the one-to-one care, but um, we're all in, we're involved in the, in the whole process. We kind wow. Of you're
0: building work. an empire. I'm trying. That's fantastic. Okay. The other, uh, and this isn't so much as a quest. well, maybe it's partly a question. I remember at one point, and this was some years ago, uh, they called it four stages of hunger. I don't know if you've heard of this, but that if you, and I can't remember, like they they recommended that you like eat when you're like in two or three, but that if you wait until four, you will eat anything and you will eat everything and you will eat too much of all of it.
1: Yeah. So I'm so glad you said it. So I don't know if things have changed, but where, from what I learned, the hunger scale is one through 10 okay, great
0: so and it's when we teach
1: okay. when we teach in our program because it gives you a little bit more leeway of assessment yeah. like one through five it's like I don't know am I hungry am I full it's like well, I don't I'm full already like you know it's like very quick um but one through ten, one through three is like, like, I'm like, like one, two, it's like shaky, fainting, like not feeling well three. It's like, I uh, like, you can't focus, like you're hungry. You're like your stomach like, you're really hungry. Uh, four to five is where we want to start what what we want to eat. So we never want to get to like a one, two or three, because that's where we get hangry and irritable and our energy gets low and all of that. Um, so, uh, four to five is where we want, we would like to uh, ultimately eat. Um, and then stopping around like six or a seven, a seven is like, if I have one more bite, I'm going to feel full. So that's kind of where we want to stop. And then eight, nine, and 10 are kind of where you're feeling full. <laughs> 10 is like Thanksgiving full. Like I need to unbuckle my pants. I'm going to throw up. I feel sick. Nine okay. is like, Oh my God, why did I do that? And eight is like, Oh, that is uncomfortable. You yeah. know? So what I will say about hunger cues, and I'm so glad you asked this because it's so important. Um, because we live in such a, first of all, fast paced society. Um, mm-hmm. We live in a society that really promotes disordered eating habits. Like like it's literally like promoted, like you should, you know, skip meals and like cut out carbs and like exclude all whole food groups and we, like, live in a, a world where, like, extremes is praised and normal, but it really shouldn't be, <laughs> like. Um, so with that said, with, like, especially being busy and a lot of people will, like, have lots of caffeine, which suppresses your appetite, we are probably not truly, most people aren't really fully engaged with their hunger. They almost like say to me, like very often when they come into the program, a lot of people aren't even eating breakfast. They say, I'm not hungry for breakfast just because their body isn't used to eating it. So of course your body has adjusted, you know, or, um, they're say like, Things like, um, I don't even, I don't even know if I'm hungry. Like it's hard for them to assess it. So typically what we do and like, you know, we provide individualized care, but typically we first just have people start with just eating three balanced meals a day and get doing that consistently and slowly start to like just pay attention more to their energy and their mood and even like little like their bowel movements like things they start to realize that like when you eat actually everything seems to work a little bit better so like let's first focus on that and then from there we'll have them use the hunger scale to assess and that way they can be their own guide because one of the most probably common questions we get asked is like what should the serving size be? Or like, what should my portion be? Should I read the, what the serving size says on the back of the label? Should that be my serving? And the answer is actually no, because every single person we work with is at a different height, weight, activity level, age, right, gender, right. um, for the most part. And then, you know, so in that sense, it's like, we'll give you guidance, but really you need to assess like some days like the half a cup of brown rice is technically a serving, right? And I'm using air quotes because it's a serving size, but that doesn't mean that has to be your serving. Right. But some days maybe that is your serving and that makes you feel full and you're fine and you're satisfied. And then other days, maybe you did a really high intensity workout. You're feeling like you need more, you need, you're still hungry after that. Like you can have more, but like our hunger changes day to day. So yeah, to say that's like the, the, the Good point. Specific portion, um, it just really doesn't work in the long run. So I'm so glad you asked about the hunger scale. It's such an important skill that I think so many of us have lost touch with.
0: Well, it sounds like, you know, they've improved upon it and made it, you know, they flipped it obviously and numbers wise, and then given you a lot more, you know, gradient uh, choices in there. The other thing I wanted to mention to you is trigger foods. Now, I know that there are certain things that I just will not buy because I know if I have them in the house, I will overindulge. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up is just it's so funny how we're talking about this just recently I uh there are these certain chips and they're bean chips so you know a little healthier, right? But I noticed I didn't eat them for a long time then I just noticed, noticed when I started well first I get them in the individual sizes which by the way is not an individual size it says it's a serving and a half so there's that okay? <laughs> so I I, I would eat them with like a bean bowl with lettuce and beans and rice and all that good stuff. And then after I would eat the bag of chips thinking, well, it's okay. You know, these are bean chips, blah, 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 I would feel kind of gross. And I would think, okay, no, no, that I'm obviously having too many, but sometimes I was getting too hungry to the point where I wanted to feel satisfied hunger wise And so I actually wrote a post-it note and stuck it on one of the bean uh, chip, contain you know, bags and said, you feel gross after you eat a whole one of these, try half.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. No, but that's so, you know, we need that reminder. We need that reminder. And eventually you will get to a place where honestly, when it comes to like eating past fullness, it's a that's another practice. And that's something that even when I changed my eating habits and I was eating like a lot of more nutrient dense foods and nutrient dense foods are filling, they're high in fiber. Like you feel you're like eating more, but, um, all to say like portion control was always something I struggled with, like always, especially being Greek and Italian, it's like kind of normal to overeat all the time. Like, it's just like, you, you're not done eating until you feel sick basically. Um, which is like, that's not okay. Like in the today's, like, I don't like that feeling and I didn't no. know that, that wasn't normal. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, now, like once you practice it, you, you get so aware of knowing how, especially if you kind of slow down your eating too, you'll get so aware of knowing that it, it ever feels good. Like it just, you'll just like, you just know no, it's it. so
0: true. And then
1: you're just like, so no, true. you know what? If, and the other thing too, and this is where, when this is where, when someone struggles with their relationship with food, I'll tell you what they're probably thinking. I don't know exactly what you're thinking in this moment, but where a lot of people get caught up in over-consuming, like for you, since you use the bag of chips, we'll use that as an example, over-consuming on the bag of chips is because their mindset, believes that they're not allowed to have those chips. So because they're not allowed to have them, they're going to finish the bag because they're going to quote unquote, start over again tomorrow or try harder tomorrow or start again on Monday. And so then they overconsume them, rather than if you know that you can have chips whenever you want them, like genuinely, like you really can. But also knowing that when you overconsume them, you don't feel well, right. you can then say to yourself, like, I'm kind of craving this little chunk, like crunch right now. I definitely want these, but I also don't want to feel sick. So I'm going to have half today, and then tomorrow I'll have the other half. Right. And that's going to feel really good to me. And now you get to have it twice and not feel guilty or shame. Yes.
0: It. Well, it's so interesting, and it's it's not because uh, the example you gave. Of, I don't think I can have it. It wasn't that. I just genuinely didn't feel great after having, after not having had them for several months and then coming back to them, it just didn't work anymore the way it had. So I ended up with one bag of chips lasting like three days, which was, you
1: know. yeah. <laughs> and, and so it was, so what would you consider would be a trigger food for you?
0: Oh gosh. Uh, I, I won't even buy them peanut M&Ms. I mean, first of all, they're not even you know, they're not even good for you at all. I mean, really, come on. That's candy, you know, wrapped around a peanut. I don't even, I, that would have been a trigger food or, um, huh. they're, you know, certain little foods kind of moment. I'm not much of a candy person, so that's kind of a funny example. Um, gosh, these pink and white cookies from Trader Joe's, it's a big shout out for Trader Joe's here. <laughs> I mean, my husband and I one night were like, "Well, let's just try these." I mean, we ate almost the whole box. It was ridiculous, and we both because it was new for you. It was new, and they were cute, and they were little, and it was like, "Well, yeah, they're so." It's that psychology. They're so little.
1: They're so little.
0: Yeah. But now, you know, I just don't. I have a sweet tooth, so I I need to. I know I don't need to. I want to have a little something sweet at the end of uh, you know, lunch and dinner, but I can, I've gotten to a good place with that. I mean, I don't, you know, go crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, so I think what you're describing is just like a normal, like a normal relationship with food where like when something tastes good and you've never had it before and it's new and exciting, you want more of it and you kind of get caught up in it. But (laughs) the same way that you learned by when you overdo it with the chips, it doesn't feel good. You can learn that with the cookies. You know, right. the repeated exposure actually helps us to normalize things. But when something right. looks new and shiny, which is where what I was talking about that example before, like you feel like you're not allowed to have it, and now it's there. It's like on a pedestal. Yeah. You, like you have to overconsume it. So even something like for the example, like the the peanut M and M's, they're delicious, and yeah, they're not the most nutritious, but they're still delicious. And you can, it's okay to eat food for the pure joy of it. Yeah. Um, but we know that when it's for the joy of it, that we don't when we overeat it. It's not joyful anymore. So exactly um, an example for that for me. I would say if, if you want something sweet all the time, there's definitely healthier, you know, more nutrient dense, healthier alternatives that you can find that maybe you're satisfying, like a little piece of square dark chocolate, or, um, you know, like I don't. I'm just there's just examples. No, yes, please, please. But please. like you know, like um, like a flavored Greek yogurt or something. I'm sure there's something that. Can you know there's nutrient dense options that you could have, but you if you occasionally also wanted to have like peanut M and M's, I would just recommend buying like the mini size, like the yeah, size, like the Halloween you know? size. Yeah, yeah, and that's perfect. We're recording this around Halloween, like that <laughs> would be something that, and then you know keep it like out of sight, out of mind in the sense if you have like a lot of them, but oh, uh, but if honestly. This is where I think people think that they have no self-control, but it's not true at all. It's that if you allow yourself to have something, you eventually get tired of
0: it. Yeah, that's true. I don't even, you know what? I don't even want them anymore. Yeah. Like, so
1: that's where we have to, and I talk about that in the book as well. Like, and all the time on my Instagram and, and, and social media platforms, it's just we have to stop putting food on a pedestal. We have to stop labeling it as good or bad. We know that broccoli is healthier than a cookie. We know that. Like, we don't need to label it as, you're not a good or bad person whether you eat broccoli or not. Like, you're not a good or bad person whether you eat a cookie or not. Like, it didn't, did you rob a bank? No, like, you're just (laughs) just using a cookie. So it's just important that we we understand that um, we have to like stop attaching our like worth to it or feeling like guilt or shame about it and more so just focus. We just have to focus on how food makes us feel, right? Emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, all the things, and that will help lead you towards making better choices for you if you want to feel
0: well. Well, Tony, I think you obviously, and and you're a young woman, have really taken your experience, your passion, and that relentlessness, and your bubbly personality, and you've you've put all of that together to really want to help. Women in particular have a better idea of loving themselves the way they are. And if they would like to make some improvements, that's great. And let's do it in a way that is healthy and makes sense and is doable. Because sometimes these other things, you can't sustain them. So let's find a way that works. I think it is absolutely a stroke of brilliance the way that your book pairs. The parallel of relationships and food. So I don't, I, because when I say this, it's going to be like a left-handed compliment. Um, It's not just another book about a diet or food, you know, Mm -hmm. because we have Mm -hmm. a lot of those, but now you've taken like this really cool, unique spin and, and paired the two together because uh, this is going to speak to a lot of women. And, women in your, you know, generation, but then also older women, and then also younger women, like you say, I I forget that your generation and the young girls right now, like in high school, that they are growing up with this social media presence that, you know, we know that is causing a tremendous amount of harm. So while in one, some ways we've gotten better with, um, the way that we, you know, societally, in one sense, we're more aware and all of that. On the other hand, we're we're worse, because mm-hmm. now everyone's comparing themselves to stick figure number one or stick figure number two, you know, and we can't all be that, nor right. should we want to. Correct. Well, well This was you. just a blast. I'm Yay. so excited for you. And I'm going to be watching from the wings to see you build this empire. And if there's any way that I can be of help, please let me know. This is, it, it's exciting work. It's important work. It's critical work. And I know it doesn't even feel like work to you. You're like, I, I can't believe I get to do this. This is, it's come on. Pretty this is, cool. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. No,
1: it's pretty, it's pretty cool that this is my job as a user.
0: <laughs> right. No, it, I, I, I understand that completely. I feel the same way. So to have a woman on who's like, Hey, this is who I am. And this is what I'm about. That's what this show is all about. Yes. Being who you are without apology.
1: Yes, um,
0: That's love it. it. Okay. Thank
1: you for what you do. I really appreciate it. Good. Well, here. I
0: thank you. I, I, I receive that. Thank you so much, <laughs> Tony. And I'm glad we're following each other. And so I get to keep up on all of the, um, all the good stuff you're doing. So I wish you well and a lot of great success because it's, you're, you're making a huge impact. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Talk to you later. that genuine willingness to support others. Love that. And as Tony points out, we are all beginners. We all start there, no exceptions. Where we go is up to us, our desire, our drive, and what we seek. Are we relentless about it in a good way? The pursuit of a goal, even if it's hard. Remember, we are here to make a mark, so let's do it. The Unabashed You website has a page for each guest of photos, quotes, and a blog with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. And if you want to lend your support and encouragement, we invite you to subscribe, follow, rate, review, and share. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us under Unabashed You. And our email is unabashedyou at gmail.com should you want to reach out with questions, comments. And if you want to be on our weekly email list highlighting that week's episode, give me a shout. I'd be happy to add you. Your info will not be shared, and we only send out that one week, uh, one email a week. Website visits, social media, and word of mouth, and sharing these episodes do make us more discoverable, so we thank you for your support there. We want these conversations to help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way, so continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our blessing. We are grateful for our bodies, for they move us through this life. May we enjoy and partake in food in the healthiest of ways while we experience whole love for self and others. Amen. Go on. Be unabashed. Be you.